Welcome to the Wilson Show. This is Lord Extra Cooler, and welcome to the Extra Cooler Show. Nobody eats beefaroni on a boat, man. That's a problem. <laughs> right, so, uh, right, so, what's in the cooler? Just blew my mind. <laughs> the rhino, your rhino's on ya. Extra credit. Sports, 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 sports side heater. Extra credit. Welcome to the Extra Cooler Show. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Extra Cooler Show. My name is Nick, otherwise known as Extra Cooler. This week, I am joined by Jim, Matt, and Mike, and we are here for part two of WrestleMania 10. Uh, As usual, you can find us on Instagram at Extra Cooler and over on Twitter at Extra Cooler Show. I kind of want to just dive right in. Uh, If you haven't already listened, last week we dropped part one of WrestleMania 10 from Madison Square Garden, and we talked about everything from Bretton Owen, uh, Little Richard, all the way up until uh, Men on a Mission versus the Quebecers. So so here we are. We're going to dive in. We're going to start off. uh, This is a a Mo-free episode, right? Mo free, no no mo raps. I'm sorry to let you guys down. Right. I'm a little um, disappointed with no mo cannonballs, though. That I'll take more of. <laughs> <laughs> I do I did some d- deep dive into Mo's singlets, and I didn't get very far. Um, but that, we'll save that for another episode. New art inspiration? Is that what's <laughs> yeah, coming? Exactly. All right. Can you can you do me an uh, what's what do you call it? airbrush? Is that what it's called? Yes. Could you do a yeah. mo with like a heart yeah, around just, him or something? Yeah, just wearing like the booty <laughs> shorts instead of a singlet. <laughs> I think that would sell. It would blow up the internet. Uh, yeah, new chalk line jacket. Break the internet as they on say. the shorts. Yes, a chalk line jacket. <laughs> now you're onto something. <laughs> All right. So Re- WrestleMania 10, part two for us. Uh, it starts off with a WrestleMania six flashback, and this is uh, one of the few Hogan flashbacks that we get. Um, Gorilla and- says nobody is unbeatable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of little little dig in there, I think. Um, but we've got our our uh, set of celebrity introductions for this co-main event, and we've got uh, the up all night host herself, Rhonda Shear, and she is led down the aisle by. None other than Donnie Wahlberg um, and KOTB. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, that Days of Confused line, like, what was this NKOTB shit? Like, like <laughs> yeah. who are you trying to fool? <laughs> Were they not allowed to say it? I don't know. I don't I mean, know. It's like Probably. three, four years past. Say it. New no, kids they do on the somewhere. Block. And somewhere they, they, ref- they reference new kids on the block somewhere. Um, but it's like very, it's like one time only. Was Vince um, too like, oh, is he a new kid on the block? Ho, yeah. Ho, ho. <laughs> <Something> <laughs> <like> that. <laughs> I'm sure it was some music industry rebranding themselves BS, but I, yeah. I couldn't tell you. 1994 for new kids on the block. Like right. what, what we were in seventh grade. Yeah. I, I remember peak new kids was like second grade. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's five yeah. years before. Oh, man. All right. So we've got Lex Luger. Versus Yokozuna. Yokozuna's got Cornette uh, and Mr. Fuji with him. And if um, the winner has to go on and face Bret Hart later in the night. So so someone's doing double duty along with Bret. Um, the, the biggest surprise of this that we didn't know as kids live when we watched this event that there was going to be special referees. 
And uh, our first special referee out of nowhere is uh, none other than Mr. Perfect. Mr. And Perfect. Mr. Perfect as Donnie Wahlberg. Special referee for this match. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> He might Perfect. be my my new favorite ring announcer. I'm I like shocked him. he didn't get an, a gig out of this. He's pretty good, like not uh, even yeah. sarcastically. I like him. So before, you know, I talked about this a lot last week. We talked about something to wrestle with quite often. And on there, there's a story that before WrestleMania, um, there was a, a taping in Pennsylvania. And um, Vince had this whole segment where he was out there with Cornette. And they're interviewing uh, Cornette about the match. He's insulting Luger. Luger comes out, chases Cornette. Cornette leaves Yokozuna's title in the middle of the ring. Luger takes the belt into the locker room. So from there, Vince, later in the night, gets into the ring. And he says to the crowd, wouldn't it be nice to see Lex Luger as your next WWF champion? And next thing you know, Lex Luger comes out and he's wearing the belt and is announced as the new WWF champion and and does an interview wearing the belt throughout the whole thing. I couldn't find anything on the Internet about that, um, but it's so crazy. So, and so on that episode, the best part was Pritchard claims that they did this to mess with Meltzer. Um, <laughs> that Meltzer would start saying that, that uh, you know, well, Lex is going to they're doing this to so let Lex is going to win the the title at WrestleMania, and uh, they totally screwed. Six with star that. match in the Tokyo Dome, right? right? Oh, and that's I feel like if that's true, Vince was always doing this Lex yeah. test stuff, like also the Royal Rumble from the same year, ninety four, yes. right? Like they did it just to see the crowd reaction, wherever that was. I forget. I we just uh, covered that, right? few episodes ago but like lex he was always uh what's it called focus grouping lex right like, yeah. yeah you've got to imagine nowadays they're doing the same thing with social media i mean that would be the smart thing to do like you know and see where you yes, want to go true. with it yeah um but you know so back to it uh donnie Wahlberg introduces mr perfect it, wait, does he say suit. like mr yeah, mr perfect, mr. perfect. He's wearing, and he's wearing his pajamas like <laughs> it totally does look like pajamas yeah. or a zubaz, zubaz. Suit. like yeah. i feel like these pants and the it's, it's a striped ref shirt along with the striped ref pants but what's so impressive about it is that the stripes from the top run straight into yes. the stripes from the yes. bottoms like it's just straight stripes the entire pajamas he's got his uh wrestling boots on as well which are white and the pants are tucked into the boots like primo 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 outfit right here so then after mr perfect comes out and which is kind of surprising because mr perfect left uh as a face right and he came back for this it's weird but um, in my opinion, we've got the best uh, ring announcing coming up. We've got ladies and gentlemen. He's so smooth when he does it, too. <laughs> and so, like, how do you stand in the ring and get do it so soft-spoken? Ladies and gentlemen, this contest is scheduled for one fall and is for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Introducing first, accompanied by his manager, the legendary Mr. Fuji. And then and so good. he goes on, introduces Cornette. And then the best part is weighing in at 568 pounds, 
Yokozuna. <laughs> and <laughs> just, I, I think I rewound that. Like, you know how Peacock has the little like jump back 15 yeah. seconds. I watched that at least five times. <laughs> uh, smoothest intro ever, if you ask me. He's got those little 90s glasses that are like yeah. super skinny. The oh. really shaped sideburns <laughs> to match the super shaped goat line of goatee yeah. hair and around. He's got like, short hair, but he's got like slight bedhead too. Like he yeah. just rolls <laughs> yeah. out from somewhere. With Ron this year up all night <laughs> yeah jamesy cornett's uh entrance gear is phenomenal it's like a, <laughs> a like sequence you, uh, jacket audition for dumbo yeah oh it really does he's from the I, greatest my, showman my thought was that i wish i had that outfit at our senior prom because i think maybe i would have gotten laid <laughs> yeah probably or if we all wore the same that same cornet outfit we rolled in like that well, we probably definitely wouldn't have gotten laid but oh man the craziest part is this wrestlemania is an hour and a half in and the this guy is supposed to be the top heel in the company and there's like nobody booing him it, it's crazy. Yeah, that's um, a good point. He gets his flowers, you know, which is a, a tradition, supposedly, Vince tells us. Supposedly, he says. Um, <laughs> and uh, the crowd just seems seems out of it. Um, forgetting um, Mr. Fuji taking a tumble on the stairs. <laughs> yeah, and Vince has to sell it that is that he's still hurt from Macho Man, yeah. uh, giving him a beat down. Uh if this is nowadays, is this a triple threat match? Got it. Not even nowadays. Not, like yeah. Five, four, years, five later. years later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. The same exact thing. Um, but then do you lose Brett versus Owen? I don't know. Right. Right. How does Owen work his way in? Right. Well, um, the same thing happened in, uh, sorry. Same no, no, thing no. happened in 05 with uh, Cena and Batista. Right. Remember? True. True. Right. But they just restarted it. So oh, yeah. we were talking about this. Uh, I've been talking about it all week. Lex Luger's uh, music is absolutely incredible. Uh, I just added it to like five playlists on my Spotify. <laughs> um, and so Lex Luger comes out and uh, I think my favorite part is it, it cuts to uh, Rhonda Shear and, uh, and Donnie Wahlberg ringside by the bell. And Donnie Wahlberg's definitely trying to, <laughs> trying to get with that. Um, <laughs> but Rhonda Shear. That big hair, man. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's whispering in her ear, yeah. right? Like yeah. sweet nothings. Uh, what do you think he's saying? <laughs> hey, that's Mr. Mr. Perfect. He's wearing yeah, pajamas this. over there. Yoko Zuna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only thing she says is up all night. <laughs> I, I could read her lips. Uh, imagine the remix you could make if you threw like Rhonda Shears sounds in there with Little Richards. <laughs> Yoko Zuna? Oh, yeah, yo, man. Someone needs I, to get on that's that. That's genius. I bet you could get right. the, you got a Casio keyboard doing a yeah. little thing. On no, Lex no, no, no. Throw Lex, Lex Luger's Luger theme beat. in the Oh, Luger's theme. Oh, <laughs> I got an idea. That we might have a new, uh, new theme music for the Extra Cooler show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So this match is incredible incredibly boring um it's just like a back and forth i, I don't even you know, know how, how to describe uh, it you know how uh, lesnar and uh reigns wrestlemania was suplex city <laughs> yeah so what was this one nerve hold city oh man he's got him by the trapezes or something <laughs> vince keeps saying over and over again and it's literally like he's grabbing on to it onto his muscle and He's putting no weight on Lex and Lex is like selling it as if he's ready to fall asleep in the middle of the ring. Um, 
I think Mr. Perfect at one point looks at them like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> he totally uh, has that vibe. You're right. Yeah. The, the, the whole, the, the best part of this entire match though, is gotta be McMahon having this audible orgasm over Lex Luger when he comes into the <laughs> ring and just Lex Luger. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> You can feel it. <laughs> feel what, Vince? Jesus. He's trying so hard to sell him, just like he, he was with Brett earlier in the night. Um, and He's I think still it goes focus back. grouping him. He's yeah. still yeah. focused yeah. to the very end. Yeah. That's, They're that's, ready for the World Wrestling Federation to blast off into the next decade. Like, but, again, it's but, 1994. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> but again, with the rest holds, it's, it's funny. Vince on commentary, he says... Uh, Yokozuna is using his weight to his advantage. And meanwhile, we've been watching him like grab onto his trapezes for the next like 15 minutes. And so, you know, the, the rumor in this um, match is it was originally slated to go 25 minutes. Jesus. Um, yeah. Which uh, we talked about this a little bit last episode, I think, um, how like so many matches went long. Um and and this one, like I guess Pritchard had to cut a few few uh, minutes off of it. Thank, Thank God. God, yeah. Like, how, how do you expect Yoko at almost six hundred pounds? Yeah. And if he's being billed at five sixty eight, like, could you imagine what he really was? I don't right. know if they like go backwards or upwards to make him more of a monster. But <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. no, you're right because we covered unreal. last we covered WrestleMania nine last year, right? And he's that's that's the Yoko yeah. zone where he's Peak still Yoko. in in good shape for who he is, right? This is him starting to balloon in no way. Yeah, it's really Man, sad. They, they, it's incredible. They scheduled him for two matches in a night. Right? A guy that size? They better cut this match down, yeah. But oh, and you man. can, you know, I know I'm jumping ahead, but you can totally see the difference between the Yoko-Lex match and a Yoko-Brett match, but oh, we'll yeah. get there. We'll right, get there. right. Well, because that, that was the problem, is that Lex couldn't sell and make Yoko's moves look like they're powerful. And when he did sell them, it, it just doesn't come across as having like a tennis or, match. Yeah, yeah, he does match everything. So which we it, discovered was, is like the uh, go ahead. This is much better than the uh the 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 chamber match that we did or whatever it was called where Lex was just screaming at every single time he got touched or touched somebody else. But there's certainly grunts that are happening with Lex Luger. But I think my favorite part of uh, this was certainly the sign of the night. There's a sign that's on uh, black spray paint on that neon neon yellow, like CVS cardboard. And it just says <laughs> Lex loser. And uh, I think it sums up, sums up my feelings on this match. You know, very uh, 90s New York, I feel like. <laughs> uh, our buddy John from coming down the aisle is running a, a bracketology with uh, the top wrestlers, the best wrestlers. And uh, he did it with the Pod Foundation, right? We submitted lists, and I want to know who put Lex Luger on their list because he's there and he's got a pretty high I'm seat. Me. So, uh, J Bone, we need to know who who of the Pod Foundation has Lex Luger so yeah. high on that list. I, I, you and I have the same thought process because I, I I may or may not be making a special appearance on another uh, pod foundation oh. production this week. <laughs> and I'm preparing some questions for a segment and uh, Lex Luger being on that list is one of them. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Can Excellent. I talk about how Mikey Workrate discovered that um, Lex Luger sound effects sound exactly like WF super WrestleMania, the super <laughs> Nintendo game from 1992. <laughs> is it? Or 93. Yeah, two, I think. Ooh, ah, 
ooh, ooh, ah, like it's a pretty crummy game with a, <laughs> but, but one of the, one a, of the first, uh, one of the first Super, Super Nintendo, Nintendo right? Super Nintendo. Yeah. It's got it the cool, no like it, rumble. That's for sure. No, but it still had the, that came uh, later. if you highlight it over your wrestler, it would play like the midi, midi, what, what is that? Midi, that? Yeah. Yeah, MIDI, MIDI, yeah. Yeah. Version of their song, which at the time, like, so I would you even take what you could get. Yeah, I would like set up my Hasbro's with my brother, <laughs> yeah. and we'd like play the music in the background. Like, oh yeah, you don't have to sing the music now. It's great. But anyway, now, I digress. Yeah. Now my son has a whole playlist on Spotify that are oh, just his wrestlers so theme spoiled. songs. So and now spoiled. he's sitting here, like using the iPad, being like, "Here comes Roman," and uh, <laughs> just hits play. And God, what I would there give. It goes. When we so were kids, we had to sing the songs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or use like random beats that just sounded like the theme songs. We were good. We perfected some of them. I remember. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So let's get to the end of this match. Uh, Lex finally gains control. <laughs> to not talk about the match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lex gains control, but Fuji and Cornette get involved. Uh, Lex has to beat these two guys down. This is This is my favorite part. This ending is so sloppy, right? You get Cornette comes in, Lex takes Cornette out. He's in the ring. Then the Fuji, yeah, it is. He gets takes Fuji out. Both those guys are laying down. Yokozuna's in the middle of the ring on his back. Lex goes and pins him. And Perfect then offers up a big F you. He's like, I don't care about the match. I don't care that I'm the referee and I have to throw my hand on the mat for the one, two, three right now. I'm very concerned about the well-being of James E. Cornette and Mr. Fuji <laughs> right now. Uh, and then he disqualifies him. It makes absolutely well, Luger zero sense. Yeah, yeah. He shoves him out of frustration because he's not counting for him. Like, I'd be pissed too. I don't know if you're allowed to count when the managers are in the ring or something. Oh, you are you you're backing perfect on this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, 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 you're That's because you're a Mr. Perfect, perfect guy. Like this don't don't defend your man here. Like <laughs> yeah. this, this Come is on. this is collusion, Michael. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with it because I didn't want Lex Luger to win oh, no. any title. Yeah. No way. Um but this, this part um I think it's the third pin. He pins him three times and tries to get Mr. Perfect to to count him, right? The third time is a microcosm of Lex Luger's career in the WWF. <laughs> it's that desperate look in his eyes as he's looking at perfect, right? Like, wow. Like that's like yeah. Lex Luger in the WF in a nutshell. Like, why right. won't you give me the title? Like, please. Right. Like they sell him <laughs> so much. The, the Lex express, he slams Yoko right. on the intrepid. He's at, at WrestleMania. Like he w- sort of wins a Could rumble. Could the Lex have express have worked with any other wrestler? Yeah, imagine I, that. I, like they did everything <laughs> except give him the title. They and like it's amazing. And then that that look of desperation in his eyes is the best thing he did in WF. And that's it. And that's yeah. Like, it's, it's because true. it's because he's absolutely awful, awful yeah. to watch, awful yeah. list, awful to listen to. Just sure, he looks like a hundred million bucks, but just. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, awful. I mean, come on. Can we, some, can we talk some, about the spot of the match here? Who who wants to take this one? Who's going to talk about the, the the spot where he gets thrown out of the ring? Who yeah. slips on the, in the Luger? Oh, Luger. Luger <laughs> yeah. gets thrown out of the ring. He gets up and then flops himself 
into the guardrail that's by the ring. Like, <laughs> Slips on some Coca-Cola. The, 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 the camera catches everything. This doesn't look like a slip. It no. looks like he was like, all right, well, the spot was I have to get thrown out of the ring and into the guardrail. Yeah. But instead, he just flops onto the floor, stands up and then throws himself six uh, feet across just to slam him, his back into the guardrail. It was yeah. a mess. <laughs> I got I got a theory now. Uh, he was originally supposed to win the title, but Vince saw that happen and called an audible <laughs> on the spot. So, so something to wrestle with talks about wanting Vince wanting to protect Lex to keep him in the mix moving forward. But the crowd is absolutely uh, just raining down booze on Mr. Perfect as he's walking to the back. There's uh, a, a, the crowd starts chanting bullshit in true New York fashion. So yeah. they're, they're on the way out. Oh man, this, this is just a mess. It, uh, it, it's it's awful. They head to the back, right? Perfect leaves. He heads to the back, short ramp. Uh, right behind him is Lex, and uh, Perfect's with Pettengill. He's trying to explain himself. He's huffing and puffing, and um, they're going at it face to face. I have two very very important questions. One: What are those referees standing on to make them so tall <laughs> around them? They're they're so high. And two: When did Mister Perfect? develop a stutter because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's like that's my story and i'm sticking to it <laughs> like what why did he throw that in there well he says three reasons too he never gets to yes. the third reason no. like oh, laying his hands on the ref bringing the managers in he never gets to the third reason but he's very convinced he has three reasons but yeah, yeah. that's his story he's <laughs> another um is that a bit though i feel like that's like something it's, I don't yeah know. it's definitely gotta be something like he liked some comedian or something yeah it's like, hey, let me let me slip this in there so uh our next coliseum video wrestlemania when are we writing this match oh i apologize i apologize me uh if i could watch this match on triple time speed I would have because <laughs> I want the time back. It's absolutely <laughs> awful. Uh, yeah, I would give a sip of a beer. Ooh, just Ooh. for Mister Perfect. And oh, and for Yokozuna. <laughs> I may need to raise my grade because Yokozuna. <laughs> Uh, I gave this a half a can in the cooler, which ironically matched Dave Meltzer's rating for this one at also a half a can or a half a star or whatever Uncle Dave did back in this uh, mid 90s. I give it four stars, (laughs) four cans in the cooler because Mr. Perfect's in it. Because Mr. Perfect's in it. (laughs) uh, Donnie Wahlberg's a star. In the making here. Yeah, all right. And Donnie Wahlberg. In the eight. making. It's like five years <laughs> past his prime. <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg is definitely the highlight of this match, by the Yo, way. Godzilla. I uh <laughs> this is uh this is not no beers, no cans in the cooler. This is the next morning if you drink the beast or something. You got yeah. beer shits. That's what this <laughs> match is. Beer shits. Is negative, someone put their cigarette two. out in the cup? Too. Yeah, exactly. Like, you drink this. Up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, that's what it is. It's beer pong. You drink the water cup accent. There's a you-know-what floating in it. <laughs> yeah. I won't say it. It's a family-friendly show. Yeah. But you know that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 Ugh, disgusting. Ugh. We're going we're gonna to need to take a break. I got to... <laughs> <laughs> we all right, so we get we get the WrestleMania Seven flashback, and holy crap! If there was ever a highlight from WrestleMania Seven <laughs> that you could put, you're really gonna put uh, the blind leading and the blind, uh, Jake versus Rick Martel. Like, 
what like did they not do macho and warrior because warrior was not in their good graces and they didn't want to do another hogan one i assume they just did six with warrior yeah you're right Maybe kinda, they didn't want to overload it with too much Warrior and Hogan. Could have done uh, Dino Bravo and Heart uh, Foundation. Yeah, this Heart, is very true. Heart Foundation. You have the Nasty Boys, though they won. Very, how about, how about uh, Virgil beating uh, DiBiase? That was that's good. more of a highlight than the blindfold match. Yeah, it's the, but he gets to say it's like the, it was the blind leading the blind. <laughs> it's awful. You feel like drinking some beer? All right, before we move further, what's in everybody's cooler this week? Uh, I'll go, I'm going to go first this time because I've been going last. Uh, I uh, went to Beer Shribier, let my son roam around. It was like heaven. He picked out a dinosaur beer. That's I'm saving that for next week. But uh, tonight I am drinking Rolling in the Clouds. Uh, it is by Finback Brewery. Uh, it's an IPA. It's, it's really good. Where are they um, from? They're I think from, they're from Rockland County, yeah. New York. Yeah, brewed in, with really? care from in Queens. It says, but "Oh, my bad." I know, I knew it was a New York place. Um, it's really good. I recommend it. They're like one of those beers that I've had, but I haven't kept track of what I've had. Gotcha. Uh, so you know, you're always playing the guessing game. Yeah. Um, fin, Finback usually comes through if you stick with their with their IPAs. Right. They usually put out a, a good product there. No, who always comes through? Sloop. Guess what I got? I feel like I'm never on the Sloop train. You guys are always on Sloop. I have their, uh, it seems to be like a series they have now. This one is parentheses, no green beer. So it's their St. Patrick's one. It's just an IPA. Like they've also done what? No Santa and no, no, pumpkin. no pumpkin. So it's like none of the gimmicky the summer one too. seasonal stuff. It's just a straight up IPA and it's delicious. It's 6%. I think it's like no umbrella. No umbrella. No that's umbrella. Like yeah. That. yeah. I love it. Like it's it's a perfect beer. It's six percent. I like a little stronger, but I think this is Mike yeah, and I went perfect. to the brewery a few weeks ago, like we talked about, and the our waitress Mike was asking for the no green. And yeah. uh she she was like, Well, it's here, but I can't sell it to you <laughs> until the 17th. Oh, <laughs> and bogus. then she was like, Well, yeah. if you go here, there's this bar in Beacon that is selling it now, and you can go and get it, but uh I don't know why they're doing it. <laughs> I, I had that beer in my hand this week and I, I put it down. I didn't it's do good. It. Yeah. It's yeah, it's I'm, a classic nice. New England IPA. Yep, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Matt, what do you got? I have a brewery that I've spoken about in the past, which to me, it's it's local to me here in, in Beacon, New York. And to me, they are the like pioneers of the sour IPA. And uh, it's Hudson Valley Brewery is the name of it. They are now celebrating their fifth anniversary. So they put out a handful of their like top tier classics, if you will, and put them out again as an anniversary edition. So I have the anniversary edition of Amorphia. It's at 8 p.m. Excuse me, 8 p. Let me try this again. 8% sour IPA uh, brewed with strawberries and vanilla. It says an incredible amount of strawberries and vanilla, and it is a bright red color. And this thing is gorgeous and it's delicious. So anytime that you can get your hands on some Hudson Valley brewery beers, highly suggest it. They're all tremendous. So we, cheers, we drank some of those with you after uh, one of the first extra cooler pop-up events uh, around surrounding it was WrestleMania 35, right? 
I believe Which so. We had been drinking Takates all morning with <laughs> yeah. uh, our friend, friend of the yeah. show, yeah. Wrestling Ted. For sale, Ted Wrestling for Sale. And we came back and topped it off with one of those beers. Yeah, it was a mistake. Oh. No, but it was it was good. <laughs> it's not an end of the night City. beer. That's no, it's not. Sure. It was not. Not a, it was not after like a day of drinking. And, <laughs> yeah. But I was like, oh, Jim's here. I need to give him Hudson Valley Brewery <laughs> no, beer. Let's it go. Was delicious. My body was not ready for it. <laughs> Michael Workrate, what do you have? Michael Workrate. That's me. <laughs> Michael. That's Doesn't like his uh, ring to it. That's his corporate, corporate sellout <laughs> name. Yeah. Michael Workrate. He's now joined the corporation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like uh dude love when he's uh he turns heel and <laughs> he's Vince's henchman. Uh, um but yeah, I uh I just want to say first of all that. Um, we'd said this before, but uh, your sour beer looks like what my acid reflux probably looks like. <laughs> yeah. Looks mm. like the Robitussin I've been taking at night. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> It's got lactose in it too. So it makes it a little creamier, oh. like a creamier mouthfeel, if you will. Mouthfeel. I love that term. <laughs> your term. Mouthfeel. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's delicious. You should, you should try it. Go, go take a trip. I'll give it a shot. I, uh, I'm drinking uh, Castillo Silva. I got Castillo Silva rum. Oh, um, rum boy. Pirate. Yeah. I got Coca-Cola. <laughs> Coca-Cola classic? Yeah. Oh, no, the classic. Red I mix the two together, and I got a rum and Coke. <laughs> I was hoping you're going to spin that so you sounded a little bit more like uh, Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, I was just hoping it would end in Ronda Shear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you 20 bucks if you can do Donnie Wahlberg the rest of the episode. Oh, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> if we all did it, then we can all listen on three and a half speed on yeah. Spotify, right? Yeah. Todd, yeah. Todd Petting Zoo. <laughs> yeah. See, I thought speaking he said Petting Zoo. We didn't get there yet. But, of, all right, let's he get there. So uh, before our next match, uh, we've got Jim Cornette and Yoko Zuna with Mr. Fuji in the locker room with Todd petting zoo i had to rewind that at least three times to catch him uh cornet comes out calls him petting zoo well did uh, you just blow past the earthquake match oh i did i i i absolutely so apologize how dare you all right so holy cow i am so man you blew past rest in peace you banana nose <laughs> Big ears, monkey face. Yeah. <laughs> this has to be the ugliest suit. Meanwhile, it's just like a black tuxedo. Yeah, is... uh, and uh, okay, so <laughs> we've got this is a scheduled match on the card: Earthquake versus Adam Bomb with Harvey Whippleman. You got two big men, and it, you come out there, and Whippleman's out there to berate Fink about his new hair and tell him how ugly he is. Classic uh, bully stuff. Yeah, Vince is like, what is this? <laughs> Meanwhile, he's shorter than Fink in the middle of the ring. He's, yeah, who does Whippleman think he yeah. is? Uh, so he rips Where did the pocket. He come from? How does he have a job in the <laughs> WWE? <laughs> he's uh, he's friends with someone I forget. Years ago, I listened to like uh, maybe something to wrestle with, and and they they tell you who he's friends with and who brought him in. Um, but he he does Jim's old signature move and rips the pocket off of uh, <laughs> Whippleman's suit. Jim used to do this if you had a pocket on your T-shirt uh, uh, late Sorry. at night in post post college. Sorry, but, Chris. Anyway, Sorry, Frank. So my my favorite part is uh, Adam Baum comes to defend Whippleman, and and out comes Earthquake with his giant fupa, gives him a belly to belly slam, and. Uh, Man, the only thing about this match that I took away is 
is why is Adam Bomb's skin the color mocha or uh, <laughs> skin the color of a hot dog? It was like it was that so a Ricky burnt. Martin reference. Yeah, I'm glad you got that. <laughs> I was hoping someone was going to take it away. It went right over my head. <laughs> oh, come on. Anyway, uh, so yeah, this match is over. It's a 30, 35 second win for Earthquake. He now holds the record for the fastest pin. However, this sets up uh, a famous series of matches where Whippleman and Fink just rip each other's clothes off. Is that? that- <laughs> what do they have an evening gown match or something? They have tuxedo matches tuxedo for like matches. the next year on like house shows where they just strip each other. It's a weird thing. I don't know. Vince, that's like something Vince was probably like, ha, ha, ha. yeah. You know, like, Let me embarrass Finkel. They, they, yeah. Totally has Vince all over it. Fink is in his toupee and all yeah. the other stuff. It's just, it's just a pop Vince. Call Let's him be a honest. banana nose. Like his <laughs> nose doesn't look like a banana. He's got no. a very nice normal nose. Yeah, Howard Finkel. Hey, he looks like Elmer Fudd. So what? yeah, sure. Yeah, geez, he's not a you know. But whatever. Okay, so they go to the back, <laughs> and now finally we get this interview. Uh, the only thing I could keep my eyes on uh, after Cornette bouncing around my Corny, screen is Jesus. is uh, is Mister Fuji in the background with just this shit eating grin on his face <laughs> oh, the yeah. entire time. Uh, Yokozuna and Cornette are like pissed off that they've got to go out there for another match, and Yokozuna is just laying in the back. I mean, uh, Mister Fuji, my Yokozuna, like he just like always with the hat. It's it's all he says when he's Yokozuna. Oh, and Bonsai. If it's, you had a, if you had to hire somebody to talk uninterrupted for days, would Jim Cornette be your first person to hire? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't stop. He doesn't come up for air. But he's like, it's all like legit, like shit talk. Yes. Like he's yeah. like, no, he's he's good at his job. Yeah, you got to give him that. Like, and he's like, was well, like, wow, he just keeps going. I like, is this right. on the top of his head? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Say what yeah. you want about Jim Cornette, but like, he is he's one of the more obnoxious heels. You could ask for him. You always wanted to see him get punched. You He's know still what? I'm playing that gimmick to this day. Yeah. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, Got to make some money. Uh, the the I said it in our WrestleMania Nine episode, and I'll say it again. Todd Pettengill is such a mouth breather. Close your mouth, man. His mouth is always <laughs> open as, as he's giving the interview. And it just, I don't know why his face just pisses me off. Those um, that don't know Mr. Extra Cool here, this is like a classic thing. I, I've never noticed this before. Like, <laughs> it's like Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, it is like Seinfeld. Like, Todd Pangill is a mouth breather. Now I'm never going to not be able to notice yeah. this again. <laughs> we're we're going to just cover in your houses just you've, so you yeah, can see Pettingill. You've ruined Todd, you've ruined Todd Petting Zoo for me. <laughs> <laughs> Another All one right. of my favorite parts is how Cornette ends it. Like he, they're just awkwardly staring into the camera at the end when he finally shuts up. And then he's just got this mean scowl on his face, which turns into him just chomping his teeth. Just repeating. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> well, he's talking about a shark at some point. So I think is that, he's like, is that what it is? Yeah, he's just I, opening I, and closing his I mouth saw the like same a thing. shark. My- I was about to write my notes. What is he doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's after. That's also after they do the close up to Yokozuna's face. Yeah, yeah. Right before, because they end the promo. Oh, it's right just, before. Uh, no, no, no. Actually, no, it's you're after. Right. It's, it's, he does some. He does some off brand Yokozuna stuff too, because yeah. he's like clearly winded, and he's like yeah. <laughs> almost looks like he's gonna slip at some point and let some English out there. Yes, exactly. Like I don't think he's in his right frame of mind. No. Not at all. This is a, a long promo in the back, if you ask me. Um, English to me once, uh, but that's but. another story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say that for Michael Workerate's secret <laughs> wrestling secrets on <laughs> Patreon. We've got all right. Our next flashback: uh, <laughs> WrestleMania Eight, and it's a highlight of simply just 
the Undertaker coming down the aisle. <laughs> why didn't that. they? T- yeah, why didn't they do uh, Owen versus Skinner? That's what I want to know. <laughs> My guess, the real reason, my guess is because they they wanted to make sure like Undertaker was somehow presented to the fans. Um, He's sorely lacking. He's sorely missing this as a non Undertaker guy. But like, yes, card could use Undertaker. But but we can go there right now uh, before this next match, because we're about to talk about the ladder match. Imagine there was an Undertaker match on this card and you could look back at the card and be like, even if he faced like a giant Gonzalez or some jabroni, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Adam bomb, <laughs> like, you know, bomb. yeah. But like, even if he was on the card, you would Mo. look back and be like, wow, face. okay. Like that's, that's yeah. a big name. That's still there. Oh but, man. Who's he facing? He faces Bundy at the next one. And then diesel yeah, and diesel. So, and in the I previous one, it's Jake. Bundy no, I'm sorry. Him. The previous one's giant Gonzalez. Yeah. I wonder if that'd be yeah, interesting. Who would it be in this? Right. That's a great question. Right? I wish I thought about it. Anyone got an idea? Think about the current card here. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I threw Adam bomb out there. Like he's yeah. another big man, but I, I think his time was over based on the squash he took. Yeah. Probably someone Quang. bigger. Yeah, there's no Quang yet. There's the guys Quang in the five around. man tag. Quang, was, Quang was debuted in the 94 rumble, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, we are on. Uh, Ludwig uh, Borga. That's my call. <laughs> If Borg is out with an ankle out. injury. Yeah, he was yeah. done by now, I think. Um, all right, so we've got the the next uh, match, which is the ladder match, which is, in my opinion, probably my favorite ladder match um, because it's the first, man. It's like when you think about a band and someone's like, oh, what's, your, what's their favorite album? Ooh, you usually go tough. to the first one that you listen to. And uh, for me, this is the first ladder match that that I ever saw. Um, so remember, this, we were so, so excited too. Yes. Like, like think about going into it. Like, what is this match? You don't right. like, it sounds awesome. And it was so hyped up and it's like, right. and, and in our heads in that time, intercontinental title is, is still like, we were like, yes, we love that title. Like at that point, I mean, it wasn't like, because it was cool, but it was like, it, right. But it was, it just was cool. And these it's two pretty, are like the special. perfect example of like, wow. not even mid card, but like intercontinental champions to me. Hell yeah. Um, you know, Scott Hall, Shawn Michaels, and it, it's awesome. So the story goes that it, it it was the infamous, you know, Shawn left, never lost his title, wants his title back. Uh, and we cover Razor uh, winning this title um, in episode 15. Razor gets more gold um, where he co-wins the Battle Royal on Monday Night Raw. And then the next week has to face off against Rick Martel and, and in which he wins the Intercontinental title. Um, so then, you know, before this event, Sean returns with his Intercontinental title, claiming that he never lost it. And uh, so here we are. We've got both belts hanging above the ring. And uh, this is the first televised ladder match on WWF television. Um, and the story that we've heard many times is that uh, this was a Brett match, Brett idea. They used to do this in uh, Canadian t- Stampede. And uh I think Brett and Sean actually had a house show match, right? House show ladder match. Um, and at the time, Brett was okay with Sean, you know, using this match at WrestleMania. But then, you know, he went a little sour grapes when uh, Sean and Razor stole the show, um, if you will. So entrances, we've got Sean and Diesel coming out first. And uh, man, it's it's incredible that Sean's got the, the glasses with the little the flip 
I always wanted the targets on them, right? right? Like the like target the scope target. Yeah. yeah. Diesel's got Diesel's got like all silver gear, which like I feel like you never really saw too much out of him. <laughs> it's his WrestleMania gear. Right? Yeah. WrestleMania gear. Um <laughs> Razor comes out next, and I love his entrance, like mm -hmm. with the ramp, the way they flicker the lights. Um and Razor goes under the ladder. I feel like when we watched this, my dad was watching this with us, right? And he commented on it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's I. That's like maybe the most memorable thing about this card to me is that like that is in my head. Like, oh, like yeah. he went under right. the ladder. Like, right. yeah. A big no, no. And, and, and that's like a baller move, though. Yeah, that too. is a right? baller and move. And the camera almost misses the shot, too. Mm -hmm. um, so we're not going to sit here and cover this match move by move we, we're going to highlight some stuff because it's it's incredible um but it starts off you know back and forth the, what's there's something that's so incredibly glaring to me right off the bat did anybody pick up on this no what do you got earl hepner officiates this match the entire match from the outside oh, of the man. ring oh, yeah. he's never in the ring i've um, got it on in the background right now yeah. and I, I i see him standing yeah. there with his hands on the I, I and it's funny because I never realized it until I went back and watched it. He's wow. circ circling around the ring the entire time. And I actually didn't realize it until he bumps into the cameraman at one point and the camera shakes. And I said, wait, who just bumped in? Why did he bump into the camera? Um, so it's pretty interesting to is me. There that a, uh, any is there, is there refs ever in a ladder match? In the ring, though, I don't know. Now I'm like very curious, but yeah, now I'm gonna go back through all like the TLC right. and everything. They're You're probably very, right, they probably weren't. No. They're they very specific in the beginning of the match to announce that there yes. are no rules mm -hmm. except you have to get both titles from the top, which is a <laughs> yeah. rule, but we'll let that be right. But that's but that's interesting about really this card because it's the same thing with the match earlier in the night macho man and crush where they there's like figuring these matches out still right. like on the fly right like uh falls count anywhere and the ladder match they're like how exactly does this work right and like and this one they have better than the other one but like it's still a work in progress even though this i mean it's a to me class. to me the pairing of sean and diesel during this era is just it's perfect man you got this cocky guy and it's been covered so many times. You got the cocky, cocky guy and Sean and, and this big giant bodyguard and diesel. Uh, it, it's one of the best tandems, especially during the, the inception of it. Um, yeah. And so Sean paired with the big guy who can work like a small right. guy. Like it's awesome. Uh, Razor, you know, gets tossed out the end. Uh, and then that's when Earl Hepner enters the ring. I found it interesting. And diesel then gets involved, takes Razor out on the outside and this leads to Hepner throwing Diesel out of the garden and WrestleMania, as Vince tells us. Um, Razor, the the way that Scott Hall sells some of these hard hits is incredible. Um, I don't know if I was watching this with a closer mic microscope because of his recent passing, um, but these two are just perfect dance partners. They hit like all of their classic moves. Sean is out of control the way he's throwing his body around in this match. Yeah, you see, there's um, a lot of Even the moves. Though matches today are, are like more violent. It's it's this match still holds up. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's because so, you feel like they invent the moves in this, right? Like mm -hmm. it's Sean sliding into the 
the ladder and yeah. hitting it into razor. It's it's there's all kinds of moves that like driving you see it the, down from the yeah, top. Yeah, no. Rope. So that's exactly. Jim. Jim, that's a really good point because I read an article uh, and, and there was just a little excerpt of an interview that Sports Illustrated did. I didn't find the whole article, but it's got little pieces with Shawn Michaels and he talks about Scott Hall and then they ask him questions about this match. And he talks about how they work together so well um, that he, he they were able to make things up on the fly. And this yeah. spot in particular where uh, Hall goes out there and uncovers the concrete was totally unscripted. The two of them, Shawn had no clue he was going to do that um, and, and it worked perfectly. Do they ever pay it off? Yeah, because yeah, what yeah. happens is um, oh, it looks right. like Razor Razor's, goes out. Yeah, yeah, it yes, looks yes, like yes. Razor's going to hit a ra Razor's edge onto Sean. He yes. goes like he's going to give him a Razor's edge from the ring to the outside, and Sean reverses it, flips him out, right. and that's then that's it, where. Yeah, and Razor looks every those big uh, you know spots for Razor like where he gets dropped like that with his size, it's so cringy to watch because yeah. it's, it looks like he's going to break his legs every time, yes. like because he's so big and he like. Even at the end of the match, we'll, we'll get to like, like it. It's like it's hard to watch the legs hit the ground and just crumple underneath right. him. Oh, but but you're saying the spots in this, like the best. I love those spots with Razor, where it's like he looks like he's gonna break every time. But then there's Sean getting hit, and he like there's spit flying. Yeah, like he's, yeah. He he's. I think this is maybe like, I don't know. This is Sean's like. Obviously, oh, he's, yeah. I mean, he's been great yeah. before this, right. but this is like this the moment party. where yeah. like, okay, this guy's going to be the champion right. one day. Without a doubt. Um, the the sliding, you, someone mentioned it before, but the sliding drop kick into the ladder, yeah. right into Razor on the outside of the ring is, is incredible. And you really see like the two of them, especially Sean, use the ladder as a weapon. Mm -hmm. um, and he uses it so perfectly. You're watching it and you're just like, like there's so many creative spots that he does throughout the match to use the ladder. Um, I also think the belts are significantly lower than they are in, <laughs> in ladder matches nowadays, because that ladder is not very big. No, it's not the super tall ladder. Like there's now there's like the different size ladders and stuff. Right. They, they um, claim it to be 10 feet. They like talk yeah. about it being a 10 foot ladder when Sean does the classic Sean splash, which is still one of my favorite Oh, uh, yeah. extra cooler artworks with that 3d effect Hell yeah, yeah that's cool. but looks uh, about eight th there's yeah it looks about eight you're right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, over exaggerate but i think what goes to show with this match is that it's like we all said it's the very first televised this is the first time that wwf is seeing a ladder match and these spots and these these moves that are coming are still being used in 2022 yes. in ladder matches so it goes to show just how well thought out it was how ingenious these spots were and how it's still being replicated all of these years later yeah because right. gosh take take yourself back like i don't like leading into the match like it's a ladder match right the idea is to climb the ladder and get the belts like there's no rules. We know that, but I don't think we realize the extent to which the ladder would be like weaponized. Yeah. Right? Like, so like mm -hmm. at the time it was a, it's a revelation. This is like, at the time, this is the best match you'd ever seen. I think. Yeah. And, right? and really like, they, yes. they beat the crap out of each other with the ladder for like a good five minutes until finally Sean decides to climb the ladder. Um, and, and there's where that like, you know, iconic spot is where razor climbs up from behind him and pulls him from his tights and, and you get the full moon and, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> what does Vince say? He's making a you know what out of himself. Like Vince was probably fuming that his pants were down as low as they were. 
it sounds like Vince is like trying to figure out something to stay on the fly. Like he's just completely flabbergasted. I think you're right that he must be livid that this, the boy toy has got his ass hanging out for so long. And then Sean decides to not pull his pants up before he drops the elbow off of the ladder, which is hilarious to me. So he hits, he hits the mat ass first bare ass on his mat. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, man, you can hear the despised, tone in oh, Vince's yeah. voice. But then after that, he kind of cleans it up by giving us like that move that you said is, which to me is one of the most iconic images outside of the end um, of Sean setting the ladder up in the corner and yes. going up to the top and giving that splash. I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredible. It's one of my favorite shots, my favorite photographs in wrestling. Um, it, it's perfect. But again, another creative spot with, with Sean, you know, with the ladder. Um, it's interesting. So here's a, a quote that I thought was, was cool from that sports illustrated interview. Uh, Sean says back then we didn't even think we'd possibly break the ladder or that we need a backup. There was only one. We were so used to calling it in the ring. Scott remembered calling the heat spot outside the ring. When he lifted up the pad, everyone couldn't believe we called so much of it on the fly, but we worked with each other for long enough that we knew where other was going and didn't even have to say a word. So I, I don't know. It's, it's just incredible. Um, and, and the sell jobs that both of them do throughout this match, you know, uh, razor tossing them off the lat, pushing the ladder so that Sean goes into the ropes. Um, I don't know if you guys uh, have seen it, but there's a watch along where Sean yes. and Scott Hall both watched this. I forgot about match. that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I gotta check that out. Oh, yeah, I, I have definitely. not seen that. Is that they really talk good. about how it's on the like, network there's a point in this match where it looks like it's over, right? Like, um, uh, Razor like kind of slams Sean off the top, but then the thing wobbles and they yes. fall off, and then mm-hmm. the match continues to go on. Yeah. Which this match was not supposed to go as long as it did. No, no, and, and right. so that's what they talk about on something to wrestle with is that yeah. this match wasn't supposed to go this long, and because uh, there's a 10 man tag that's supposed yeah. to happen, yeah. right? Yep. yep. The so, ladder, the ladder twists. It's not just like yeah. it, like oh, it, yeah. it topples over, but the whole thing just seems to turn like ninety degrees on its side, yeah. and it 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 looks ugly. And mind you, the storytelling in this match, how good it is, is that Sean has not even given Razor an opportunity to climb the ladder. Like we're we're good, like ten to fifteen minutes into this, and he has not climbed the ladder once to yeah. go to get the belt. Um, finally. Uh, he goes to set it up for the first time and Sean, this is when Sean's on the outside of the ring. Sean pops up, goes to the top turnbuckle, jumps off and, and hits a splash onto Razor. Um, and this leads to both men fighting on top of the ladder. Razor's fighting from underneath, which is, is an interesting spot because Razor is a significantly larger man than Shawn Michaels. Yeah, what's he got on him? At least six inches, five inches? Gotta I be. don't know. Half Hulk a foot, Six right? foot seven. Yeah, how how big is Sean? Nick, you've got to know. <laughs> I don't know. He, I, I'm not not a stack guy with that. But there's a definitely like if you look at Razor, their physiques are different, their sizes are different. Um, six one, six one. The, Sean sells the sing, slingshot beautifully. Oh, yeah. I always loved when Bulldog would do that with him. Um, there's just there. Sean just he, eats. Sean eats the ladder constantly. Yeah, <laughs> eats the ladder. He, the entire match. Um, finally, we're, we're we're heading to the end. Unless anybody's got any anything important they want to touch on. Um, like I said, perfect use of the ladder. 
at one point, Razor body slams Sean off the top of the ladder. That's when the ladder gives out. Um, but we've got uh, a pile driver, right? Razor looks so oh, scared. Did anybody catch spot. that? Yeah. Right. So before we get there, the the pile driver razor is in between his legs, and that's where you really notice the size difference that I'm talking about. Um, because razor, you can see the expression on his face. He he's like, oh shit, what did I just get myself into? And his head is really close to that mat. Um, so this is this is my one knock on this entire match is King and Vince don't know how to call this match whatsoever. The no. announcing is absolutely terrible throughout the entire match it it really is and like having them even in this spot in particular and this is what brought it up in my head is that they're calling because uh sean does the little like uh, arms out to the side like razor mode does before he sets up for the razor's edge and vince is talking like oh sean is going to do the most despised thing he's going to hit him with his own move and then next thing you know he hits the pile driver instead of the razor's edge and vince doesn't know how to how to like get out of that he doesn't know how to like change his words and and make it smooth and it was just like maybe it was them calling it in the ring like you said but like vince and king are brutal bad in this entire match it's one of those matches you want like uh sometimes you don't when you're there live and there's no commentary, this match could probably be serviced by that. Like it doesn't need commentary. Yeah. Probably not. You know, this is the perfect match to do at access. When you like get to put headset headsets on yeah. in the booth and take out the, uh, the old and put your own yeah. commentary on top of it. Like, yeah, I mean, that feels like it would be better than Vince and, and Jerry in this. I'm match. not going to lie. I got myself so lost in this match that I, I almost didn't even pay any attention to the two of them and the things that they were saying. I you know? agree with that. So, I agree uh, with that, honestly. Yeah. Um, so, so to get to the end, Razor's down. Sean sets the ladder up over him. Um, and Razor, he's up at the top of the ladder. Razor starts to get up from underneath the ladder and he's on his knees trying to shake the ladder out from Sean. Instead, he runs off the ropes, gives it like a shoulder tackle. Sean then lands on the ropes absolutely perfectly. He gets caught up, his foot caught in the ropes. Razor goes to set up the ladder, and he's like a good like five feet to the left of the center of the ring at that point. And Sean realizes, like, okay, I can't just sit in this pose any any longer. So he lets Razor recenter it. Razor starts climbing. Sean get, actually gets out of the ropes. I don't know if you catch that. Mm-hmm. And, and then gets his arm right into yeah. the ropes instead yep. uh, to further sell it. Razor gets up there and one of the ugliest spots of the night, but it's perfect because it shows how exhausted they are. Uh, Razor grabs both belts, falls off the top of the ladder. And and it's a giant thud for such a big man. Um, But there we have it. Our, uh, our undisputed intercontinental champion, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon climbs that wobbly ladder or as Earl Hepner holds it and uh, sticks both arms out and, and he's holding both IC titles. Iconic uh, shot. Yeah, it really is. It's it's perfect. This match is perfect. I give it five cans in the cooler. I don't have anything I can complain about. Yeah, five for me too. Yeah, I mean it's not even. A, is it up for debate? No way. It's five. One of my favorite matches of all time. Easily, and the I, fact I, that they're able to run it back again and do it in uh, yeah in, at SummerSlam, the, and that match is just as good. It, watching, it's, it's almost as good, but yeah, it's not a WrestleMania. It's not the first. 
watching this again, I you forget I forgot. I forgot how good it was. You know, like I hadn't watched it in a while and I was like, oh man, this is yeah. this stands up. It's like a a movie you watch from nineteen sixty two that's still as good as yeah. you know, yeah, right. like anything that's put out today. It's, it's interesting. Did you know that three weeks after this match, Diesel wins the Intercontinental title <sighs> off of Razor? Wow. And uh, propels the, uh, the the Kevin Nash diesel run. That's what, yeah, diesel is in the world title match yeah. the next year. He's right. a valet in this match. Yeah. Like, this match. It's crazy. Can we talk for one second about um, Razor Ramones? Who, who do you got here? This is another Jeopardy question. I'm taking over as Alex Trebek. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Who are his four WrestleMania opponents? Shawn Michaels and three others. Quick. Backlands. Yes. Um, Wait, who? A Razor? Yeah. Austin. Uh, Austin no. and uh, Jeff Jarrett. There you go. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting four pack <laughs> yeah, right is. there. As interesting as you get, Backlund, Shawn Michaels, Double J, Austin. Austin is actually the one I forgot about. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's much we, later, right? And we were yeah. shorted uh, the fifth, which would have been Dustin Rhodes, of course, is called right. Dust in a back right. row, which would have been interesting. <laughs> yeah. Does does his uh, Sting Triple H involvement matter? In uh, oh, oh, I popped. That's I popped too, big time. So this is on the short list of Dave Meltzer five star matches in WWF. Wow, wow. What did he something to wrestle Owen with? Said Brett. it was four seven four point seven five. Yeah. I have it in my just, notes. Let me go just because they had to be different, you know. So as oh, you're looking that's at fair, it, though, I'd say I'd yeah. rate this slightly above Owen and Brett, which is above. Also yeah, excellent. I agree. Like, I agree. He, he got the that that opening match got four point seven five from Meltzer. Okay. Bam I mean, Bam it's got to be harder. Luna. Bam Bam yeah. and Luna got one point seven five just for a gauge. <laughs> All right. So so <laughs> thanks to Sean and Rhett, Brett going over, we are. Uh, we're not given a 10 man tag because uh, the heels can't pick a captain. So you've got a, a clip that <laughs> the craziest oh, part great. is as I rewatched this, I had no recollection of who they were supposed to face, but I you got, up <laughs> you got okay, IRS guns. head shrinkers, Rick Martel and Jeff Jarrett. They're arguing uh, who's going to be the captain. And they're basically like, Oh, like, Nobody can pick who's going to be captain. I'm All right, the best there's entertainer. No match. I should be captain. <laughs> so they were supposed to like, face. Office says, "No, no, I captain." <laughs> <laughs> Office, my favorite part here. Me too. They were supposed to face one, two, three kids, Sparky Plug, Tatanka, and the Smoking Guns. Which you can um, tell because those guys show up in the ring when Brett yeah. wins later in the night. So apparently, uh, in in Bob Holly, he has a book, um, and uh, in it he talks about how. The timekeeper backstage repeatedly told the referee uh, to end the ladder match, but Michaels and, and Razor ignored him and kept wrestling until until the officials were forced to cancel this match. I, I watched um, a uh, a shoot video with Rick Martel about this too. Oh, it was really? about Rick Martel's career, and they get into this, and uh, he didn't really give a shit, but yeah. he's like, I've been to WrestleManias, whatever. And um, but he says it was Michaels more than Ramon. Uh, yeah, not surprising. Macho Man like ripped into him backstage about that because some yes. guys probably didn't get paid because of it right but, wow yeah so interesting but like you know what mm, i'll take yeah. the five-star classic over the 10-man tag <laughs> yeah uh, what, uh, bruce, bruce says Raw, that though. he uh <laughs> pritchard says that he made the call midway through the ladder match that they had to cancel this he set it into the uh ear 
into Vince's ear commentary and they've got a camera on the commentators and Vince gave them the thumbs up, like giving uh, the approval of like shop this it's over, yeah. like move on. And uh, Brett Owen went over macho crush and the ladder match all went over, which caused them to cancel is what Pritchard's <laughs> story was, whether you believe it or not. Uh, anybody want to talk about the mouth breather himself, Todd Pettengill and, uh, and Bill Clinton and, and Ted DiBiase. <laughs> well, Bill, Bill is wanting to get into politics. Yeah, like, DiBiase to says well, everyone has a price. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could all I agree. Can't <laughs> How do they go back to the well on that? That many right? times. Uh, so then we got another, our last and final, uh, flashback is from 1993 WrestleMania nine. Again, if you ask me, they, they leave Hogan out purposefully. They include Brett and Owen, and they, they include the ending of that, but they don't even mention Hogan. Uh, and I get it. These are like quick, like seven-second clips, but still, it's definitely, a, there's a reason behind it. So our, our final main event of the night is Bret Hart versus Yoko Zuno with his, his manager, Mr. Fuji, and American spokesperson, Jim Cornette. Um, this is for the WWF championship and, uh, things kick off with Brett's video package, which I was so excited for. And I turned it on and forgot that it's not Todd Pettengill, uh, not Tom Pettengill, too much Tom <laughs> not Tom Petty, um, making some noise. It was like this absolutely awful generic, like song that you'd find on GarageBand when you first buy your, your computer and, it was terrible. Yeah, it's awful. It's very bad. Very, it highlights very bad. highlights Brett's career and his big moments. Um, Stu yelling at random yeah. children. It's yes, <laughs> yeah. and it's definitely like they they throw like a black and white filter on it so that it looks like old footage, but it's really <laughs> yeah. just like two kids no, from you the tell 90s. He's like old as hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's awful. Um, the video would have been cool if we had Todd tom petty's uh making some noise but uh all right we've got our next celebrity guest keeper uh celebrity sorry geez i fumbling my words uh our timekeeper is uh kelly on beverly hills 90210 jenny garth <laughs> coming out with burt reynolds who's given high fives to everybody despite a broken hand that is wrapped up in a cast Looking like uh, jim at my wedding <laughs> yeah. this guy looks like he's gonna be a problem um, I looked at the, he's announced it's currently the star of evening shade. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What is evening shade? Does <laughs> yeah. anyone know what that yeah. is? It better be on the USA silk network. Stockings Otherwise, it makes no yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. Surprised they didn't have silk stockings. Right. And uh, he looks like he can't care. He, he, he couldn't care less about it. Uh, he introduces Piper as a special guest referee and the roof blows off this place. Um, Yo, Piper looks like a million dollars. Oh, without a doubt. He looks he great. looks great. Yeah. I remember popping big for Piper. Piper oh, looks yeah. Piper looks so good that he's got his leather jacket. He's got his no fear shirt on with the Tasmanian devil on. Of course. Of he's, course he's got a Tasmanian he, devil on his shirt. He, he's got his kilt on. But my favorite part is that he's got his jeans pulled up over his knees underneath <laughs> the kilt because it like cuts to him once he gets down to the ring and he's pulling his pant legs down. Uh, and, you know, and, and you could tell they're like, oh, no, get get the camera off of him. I missed that. That's funny. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 interesting, but it was it was cool because this was another surprise. And definitely like as a kid, you don't see that stuff coming. No, and you kind of had the feeling like if, oh, Piper's involved, that's good. Good for the good guys, right? Like, 
Yeah. So the story that Pritchard tells is, um, is that uh, Burt Reynolds gives him a hard time because he, he had to write down the entrances on cards for Burt Reynolds. And he tells him, okay, we want you to introduce him like without talking over the music. And, and Burt Reynolds says, Oh, I'm sorry. Like I've been in more, more effing movies than you've seen. Uh, <laughs> Hey, why don't what you should have done is said, Mr. Pritchard, I, uh, Jesus, uh, Mr. Reynolds, I know you've announced a million things and you've been in a million movies that I've never seen. Uh, but, you know, uh, why don't you just go out there and introduce the special guest referee? And uh, he just rips him, rips him to shreds. But apparently later in the night after the event, he then goes in and apologizes to him for that. Uh, I mean, the guy just looks like a hothead. Yeah, he we like he doesn't. I mean, like he gets better as he goes on, but like the beginning, he's like, "This is the second uh, championship match of the night." Like, yeah. this is the main event, and he's right. Uh, he's like, put through Fink, it. yeah, put Finkel back in there, or whatever the guy. It's what's the other guy's name that lost his man. voice? I, you know, Dunn like, or whatever. Yeah, his name Bruce is. Dunn or whatever the hell his name is. Like, <laughs> God, like the main event. Like, and this guy's mumbling. Yeah. He's he sounds like Norm Macdonald doing an impression yeah. of <laughs> Burt Reynolds. I uh, thought the same thing. The, uh, yeah, this is the main event. Uh, I don't give a shit. Like reading yeah. off of cards too. Yes, like, he's he's literally reading off the cards. Yeah. Like. Uh, and he's trying to sell it so hard that he's not reading off the cards too. Um, and he and notice how he hands the cards to Finkel in the middle of the ring, like yeah. it's just super awkward. And um, Lawler says, "I hate this guy." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man! All right, so he first introduces uh, Yokozuna, and not as good as Donnie Wahlberg. Um, Yoko comes down. These guys just look gassed going into this match, and yeah, really Yoko's like like w- outfit is slipping right yeah, like his belly guys, button like, is yeah, on his full vertical display. vertical belly button like oh this is not <laughs> good. state of affairs it's yeah. upset it's bad it's bad it it really is um so then we got brett brett's coming out limping uh you know selling selling that injury from earlier in the night what two and a half hours earlier um so kudos to him that they're at least selling that um but Yokozuna attacks Bret Hart before the bell even rings and uh, nothing, man. Hart, Bret Hart can't, can't gain any control in this match. Um, and he, but he, this is a weird match too. Maybe I'm just drained. It's one of those situations where like you watch such an amazing match before and we've seen two incredible five, five can matches on this card that like once I got to this main event, I was, I was out of it. It's too much Yokozuna. It's too much yeah. Yokozuna. I'm sorry. Especially like, at the size he was at. Yeah, no, it's like, it's boring. I'm sorry. It's like. You think they should have given the belt to Luger for yeah, like an hour? Yeah, why yeah, not? I don't why? know. Maybe. I would have. I'd, I'd, I'd would have be, been more interesting. I'd rather rewatch. Face. Yeah, Brett versus Luger at this point. We got Brett versus Yoko the year before. Like, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. At the time, it was like, you're dying to see the belt come off of Yokozuna, right? And right. Like, and also, this is the, this is the yeah, the, well, this is the first time in WrestleMania history that uh, two guys main evented and closed the show back to back years. So wow. with, with huh. nine and ten. Wow. Um, so like you said, everybody was dying to see Brett win. Yeah. Um, but oh, I don't yeah. know, like to, to bring up that point, I think it would have been a swerve if it was Lex and Brett, because if it's Lex and Brett in the middle of that ring, you don't know who's going to win. If you're looking exactly. at it from nowadays yeah. booking, 
you don't know who's going to win. Whereas this, you see it and you're like, all right, Brett already lost to his brother. Now he's got to go out there with a hurt leg, hurt knee. And uh makes you wonder why they didn't do that. Is that too many face, you know, like not face yeah. versus face, but like, I don't know. Gotta so be. I'm yeah. sure it's, it's gotta be about protecting Luger and like, like, yes. Corn, uh, I'm sorry. Like Pritchard said, uh, earlier, like it, they they wanted to protect Lex Luger to cook him up for later to heat right. him up for later, and they they were you know Vince was making him sound like the biggest thing in the world, and then they didn't get screwed him, out of it. Like and, they've screwed him constantly. It right. doesn't make sense. Like what's what's the point at that yeah. point? I don't between know. between SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, now this. Yes, exactly. Like the, it's the ship has sailed. Like yeah, make him lose. Like I I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but it, it it really goes to show like and, and this match isn't a barn burner by any stretch of the imagination. It's not a five star match like we just witnessed, but it really goes to show how good Brett is. in oh, the ring. Doubt. And he can he can wrestle circles around anybody. And that's coming from yeah. me. So you got to yeah. you got to really think it's got to be good. <laughs> right. And the way that he can sell Yokozuna's moves, uh, especially like at the time with approaching 600 pounds, the fact right. that he can make these things look believable. Um, it's, it says a lot. Yeah. Um, his leg drop, like swallows Brett's entire oh body. God. It's unreal. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, one of his legs is like my entire body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cornette, man, Cornette's getting some action. He, get, he gets knocked out by Piper in here. Right. They're like pissed That's off. That's pretty good. Like, That's is. Yeah. It, it He's is like, Hey, what? Yeah. 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 Him. <laughs> there's really not, unfortunately though, there's, there's not a lot of highlights from this match. No, there's no. not a lot that you could pull from it. Uh, it, and that's because of Yokozuna, man. Uh, he, that leg drop on heart. Uh, but then Brett gains his advantage for a little while after running that, uh, that bulldog, uh, off the second rope, and then he hits the same signature elbow off the second rope on Yoko, and you think, all right, here we go, here we go. Then Yoko, out of nowhere, hits that belly-to-belly suplex. Um, and then we get to the end of the match, where it's interesting, because Brett never really like does anything to beat Yokozuna, um, and I forgot about the way that this ended, whereas like Yokozuna just went on the ropes and like lost his balance, fell backwards, Right. He lays there and and heart like looks up, but like doesn't get on. T- you would have thought he would have dove on top of this big man to pin him. He like kind of stares at him, like waits two seconds and then hops on him for the one, two, three. Yeah, I know. Mm. You almost wish he like jumped up and did the yeah, elbow from the second right, or something. something. Like, yeah, I know he gets belly to belly off of that. Yeah. But like, um, I, I know it reminds now. me of something else previously that we covered, too, where like someone hurts themselves and like just gets pinned without that. I forget what it it reminded me of too. Like the way that Yokozuna popped up after the pin, it reminded me of Hogan at At uh, six, at six with warrior, like were they trying to protect him? Like, I mean, the kind Brett didn't do anything to win this match. I know Um, in my memory, I almost, I I, like, for some reason in my memory, I remember like Piper, like kicking the ropes almost mm -hmm. like, or something, but like, he doesn't do anything like, yeah, like, it's just he loses his balance and falls and loses the title. Like he even tries to. A sharpshooter. Could you could you imagine like the physical like need of flipping Yoko over like oh. and then trying well, to actually 
chain like flip right, his so that's legs why he get his legs into position there's no right. way he can do it no so that's why they, they did it perfectly at wrestlemania 9 if you remember he was on his stomach right yeah Brett got up from but like now it's and Brett it's, said he was dying then yeah like just yeah. to hold that hold that much up yeah yeah and when you think about it too like it's crazy like that in this match he doesn't even have the opportunity to sell his finisher which is like which is a big deal at WrestleMania 10. Like the sharpshooter is a big deal in 1994, man. Hell yeah. Um, I mean, Brett tapped out to it earlier in the night. <laughs> that was wow. for you, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So Brett's our new champion. And uh, like I said, this is the first time that in WWF history, we've got these two uh, guys facing off back to back in the main event. Um Burt Reynolds, did anybody catch on the way that he like announced him as a new champion and new <laughs> WWF <laughs> champion, like with a three second pause between everyone, yeah. Brett, the hitman. Come on. It's like, Hark, it's can painful. we get the Finkel, whatever oh, match? And, and then I thought it was away from it too. Yeah, yeah. it does. It, it takes it, away from the moment. Vince is trying to sell it. And Vince is letting us know that it's a new era of WWF yeah. with Brett becoming champion, um, which King if, is talking over him yeah, like I'm yeah. talking over you. <laughs> <laughs> but like if he was smart, like, man, you should just ran with this last year at nine and just said, sorry, eh, we don't need you in this spot, Hulk. Um, but we went over that in a different episode. So it's pretty interesting. So match is over. Brett's celebrating. Which also Piper can't get that belt fast enough and toss no, I know top it's of like it, man. Throw, yeah. yeah. He uh and then Luger comes out. <laughs> did anybody actually think these two were gonna go like toe to toe? Cause even now nah. I'm like, nah, what? Uh he shakes his hand, gives him a hug, and we've got, you know, Piper comes in to celebrate Razor Tatanka. One, two, three, kid, sparky plug. Uh, they all get their moment. And even even Burt Reynolds gives him the biggest hug in the middle of the ring. Um, Rhonda Shear and Donnie Wahlberg make their way into the ring, and uh, even Gorilla Monsoon, yeah, Gorilla Gorilla. yeah, yeah, Uh, with his sucks is the one escorting Rhonda Shear into the ring, which I popped (laughs) for, yeah. Uh, and and then Vince finally comes in, and we've got Owen standing in the aisle, staring at Brett, um, and Macho Man, like, so weird. Like, Macho Man's opening the ropes for Owen to come in. Like, he actually thinks he's going to <laughs> congratulate his brother. Uh, and he doesn't. He just, like, kind of gives a soft shake of his head. And, My and brother, Brett. As it's as actually. As far, yeah, I, I mean, the, the match ending wasn't great. But the way the pay-per-view ends is. Yes. Awesome. Perfect storytelling. Be, yeah. Think about yeah, it. When that's true. You start off the show with Brett and Owen, and you end it with Brett and Owen. And. And it leads to another iconic Brett Owen match in the cage at SummerSlam 94. Um, but unfortunately, this match, man, Brett made Yoko look as good as he could. Uh, cans in the cooler. I, I I can't give it more than two. Uh, and that might be high and generous. I, uh, I gave it two and a half. I liked Piper 
I think Piper selling like after the bulldog Piper, like leaps halfway across yes. the ring to get into the, the one, two and the, the, the kick out happens there. There's a kid in the front row as that happens that like jumps out of his seat. Like it's over, like yeah. f- completely fell for the fall, false finish. Uh, Meltzer gave it 2.25 to end the night. <laughs> but I was going to give it. Oh, wow. It sounds Mike, like a Michael Mikey work rate. Right. And uh, Uncle this Dave, was, this was 1994, right? Yes. How old were we? We're nine, nine. Yep. I'm going to give it five stars because <laughs> for my nine-year-old self who was ecstatic, yeah, I, I, we watched this back-to-back at your house, Nick. We watched the one year before at your house. We watched this one at your house. The year before, I was heartbroken because of you Hulk were. Hogan. A year later, I got it. All was right. And I was so excited. I can remember seeing, I remember being ecstatic. So for my nine-year-old self, I'm going to give it five stars. <laughs> That's awesome. Before we move on, I just want to point out that they reused the finish of this match in at SummerSlam 1996, where uh, Yokozuna faces a uh, young Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, really? And same same finish, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's he's all like he's gonna do at that point. Yeah, he's like 200 breaks. pounds heavier or something, right? Right. Though. Yeah, has a beard. Yeah, the beard. Uh, poor oh, Yoko. Right. The beard was so weird. It was. Yoko. I love the tag team version of Yoko with uh, with Owen Hart. I thought yeah. it was great. Yeah, underrated. That's probably tag the best team. part of Eleven when yeah. he introduces him. Yep. So, all right. So we we can't go on without talking about overall cans in the cooler of this WrestleMania. This one's really difficult, if you ask me. Super difficult. because because you have probably two of the top five or five or 10 you're definitely the top 10 wrestling wrestlemania matches right like in Mm -hmm. the brett and owen and the latter match have to be in the top 10 of best wrestlemania matches so with that like because i was so enthralled in those two matches i'm going to give this overall thing a four uh, because those matches are so good, I laughed my ass off with you guys uh, at the ridiculousness in between mm-hmm. those two. It, it was a perfect sandwich. The only thing that would have made it perfect is if you could have figured out a way to start the show with Brett Owen and end with the ladder match. Who wants to go well, next? I don't know. <laughs> who's, who's doing it? Well, yeah, I'll go. Go. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, I would give this whole pay-per-view a... 3.75 cans <laughs> in the cooler. All right. Uh, close, close to a four, but uh, you know, I, I didn't, I, these are one of my uh, favorite episodes uh, of our show doing this uh, about WrestleMania 10. It's been a blast these uh, past two episodes here. Um, but some of the matches dragged it down a little bit, you know, I um, <laughs> mean, everything, but the two, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. What do you got, Matthew? I think I'm going to be low man on the totem pole today, unless Jim comes uh, comes real heavy. I'm I'm going to stick with a three. The two Whoa. matches carry it. I it's like five plus man. five plus like one plus one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's really hard. And I wrote down, and I and I've said it before. I'm not good at writing down my right my ratings as I'm going through. I wrote them down for individual matches, but I did not write it down for the entire card. Uh, man, it being at Madison Square Garden is going to raise it to three and a half. I'm changing my grade to three and a half in the middle of it. It being at the garden, it having the short ramp, even though people hate it, I love it. And uh, man, the, the, the crowd sucked. The commentary was rough. 
I mean, uh, it's, it's really <laughs> difficult for me to come. I'm just going to shut up and give it three and a half and move on. <laughs> Ooh, this is, this is a really hard one. Oh, I'm, but I'm going to go with Matt's original score of three because all right, the, the two matches, they are incredible. But beyond that, this this card is void of like anything worth rewatching. Like there's nothing. There's no good promos in the back. There's nothing. No. There's but nothing. those matches are so good. Those matches yeah. are so good. And that's why it gets a three. Without those matches, this might be one of the worst WrestleManias of all time. Like this is like all right, this is a weird, this is a weird run, right? Like, so we got WrestleMania nine, which is where it kind of goes off the rails. We've covered that. There's 10. 11 is probably the worst WrestleMania we talk about. And this is like close to WrestleMania 11. I'd say this is, I don't know. It's like without Bret Hart, without uh, Razor Ramon, without Shawn Michaels, Owen Hart, this is a total dog. Of course they're here and they deserve the credit, but like, I can't give it more than a three. Like, like watch those matches. Don't watch, don't watch the rest of the card. This is WWF trying to figure out how to survive without Hulk Hogan. Absolutely. And it's glaring that, he was missing it, yeah. he, even in the, the recap packages from the previous nine WrestleManias that he was all such a major part of like, but okay. But here's, here's my train of thought, right? Before the, the Brett Noen match and the Sean and razor ladder match, what is touted as the best WrestleMania match? You're right. You're right. Before I, I, this? I, yeah. Uh, before macho. It's macho steamboat, macho steamboat. Maybe and, Macho and how, Warrior. Yeah. And well, yeah. And even that, I don't think at the no, time was. No. So if you go the back Hogan to Warrior? Steamboat, no way. That match itself not, sucked. Not, not necessarily the match Story, itself. maybe. Uh, Hogan, uh, Andre. No, I mean, like, most WrestleMania yeah, no, no, no. suck for the most part yeah. before this, too. Right? Like, a doubt. Is that, if that's your it's point. Yeah. story. Like, not yeah. Match. yeah. Right. So I don't know. It's it's tough. I'm, I can see where you guys are coming from. I was just, I was so hooked on these two matches. Yeah. Uh, and You're to right. go down that road again, but like you said, the rest sucked. Uh, but hey, I think you could say this WrestleMania like kind of like paves the way for you know like having those standout matches at right. WrestleMania where like right. before is like maybe the spectacle of it in general. Like right. I, I don't know, it's it's hard yeah. to rate. It's a weird. <laughs> no, it's, it's and the, and the funny part is, is we're forty seven episodes Steelers. into this. I don't know how many homework episodes we've done off the top of my head, but this is probably the the hardest that as a group we've struggled uh, right. to give it a, a collective rating. Yeah. Uh, and and I don't know. Those matches are worth watching. It's WrestleMania season. I always love to go watch like some of my favorites and and I, I always I said this was one of my favorite WrestleManias too. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, like yeah. this is, I and I think personally for me, the the two amazing matches propelled up the list of like go-to rewatch matches mm-hmm. uh, after this. Yeah. So yeah. it was I think fun. The, how many people do you think in the world watched that ladder match this week after oh, Scott Hall passing? We, yeah, like, that's got to be his considered his best match, right? I mean, yeah, it, I, it has to be. At least, mm-hmm. it, maybe not the oh, best absolutely. in ring, but absolutely 100% the most iconic. I, I wouldn't be able yeah. to tell you one that's better right. in ring. I'm just right. stating like this is without a doubt the most iconic Razor Ramon match yep. that that there is. Agreed. Um, yeah, man. Like th- this must this easily could have been the the most watched event. Uh, yeah. On Peacock over the last however many you know days yeah. since since his passing last Monday. So that being said, uh, if you're listening, we highly recommend that you watch the first match and then the second to last match uh, 
you know, fast forward, zip through them. They're, they're amazing. And again, this proves that you don't need video packages before <laughs> every match or any match. Um, so, because neither of them really, well, I'm sorry, the, the Brett no Petty. one did, but yeah, <laughs> unless you have that, and, but, but this was not your normal WWE no, package. No, These were just mon- video montages yeah. with music right. in the background. Right. It was, it was not <laughs> yeah. what you're getting. That's yeah. absolutely one of the best parts of WWE is the, their ability to st- tell stories through those packages. And you yeah. know, what is nice so, about this card? It is what, two hours and 47 minutes yeah. or something like that. Sweet so, spot. Yeah. Yes. Perfect for us to cut in half. All right. So, uh, Matt, why don't you take it away with some extra credit? Let's do it. The Extra Cooler Show is a proud member of the Pod Foundation. The Pod Foundation is a partnership between ourselves, the Chick Foley Show, Turnbuckle Tavern, and Coming Down the Aisle. We are committed to bringing wrestling fans everywhere the best content possible and sharing our love for all things professional wrestling. Be sure to follow at Pod Foundation on Instagram and Twitter to interact with us and stay up to date on all of our shows. We are back for some extra credit with our extra cooler top three, which spotlights our top stories from the week that was in pro wrestling brought to you by Chalkline. Chalkline brings you our favorite officially licensed WWE apparel on jackets, shorts, and more at chalk-line.com. Pod Foundation will save you 10% when you enter PF10 at checkout and baby, get that code ready. It's coming. Nick, you got any updates? It's coming. I got an email today. It, it was shipped and they are about to receive the uh, Macho Man Hasbro. I'm not allowed to call it that uh, for, for legal reasons. Um, but it's coming, man. I'm so excited to get this thing in, in my hands. Ah, uh, man. It's uh instant purchase purchase for, uh, for us. I know for sure, but hundred uh, percent can't wait for it. It'll be amazing. And make sure to use that pod foundation code PF 10 at checkout, save yourself 10 percent. And you All do right. have the, uh, you're going to have the shorts next, right? With the Skinner, Skinner yes, bro. on there. Right? Like, <laughs> yes. Plastered all over the keister, as Vince would, would say. Tarjus and everything. Watch out. Maybe uh, Dink is going to come and bite it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's dive into a abridged version of your top three this week. We will spend a ton of time next week as it will be the go home show before WrestleMania 38. So you'll get some good breakdowns of uh, what is going to happen, our opinions and all of that. Sorry to take your thunder away, Nick, but let's start with some honorable mention from last week. William Regal and, and, and Yuta had an amazing after their match with Mox and Daniel Bryan, I did it again. Damn it. I'm going to continue to do it. I listen I, one time. I, listen, one time I, called I got it right. Todd Penton, I told, called Tom Petty, Todd Pettengill and vice versa. So <laughs> Fair. you can't get Fair. much worse than that. I'm going to start calling you Uncle Matt now. <laughs> Uncle Matt. There we go. Uncle Matt. Come on. <sighs> Man, they off the sours. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, Yuta, Yuta comes into the ring post-match after uh, he abandons the best friends in the middle of the aisleway, comes back in, and if if this is going to be Regal's gimmick, sign me the hell up. Regal slaps the shit out of him again, and man, if he's just going to slap everyone he comes into contact with, I'm here for it. So that's honorable mention enough for me coming out of AEW. 
Story number three, we are going to stick on dynamite and the Jericho Appreciation Society has set their gimmick and the heel (laughs) turn is real. Chris Jericho is not a pro wrestler. I'm a sports entertainer. I'll (laughs) say it again. I'm a sports entertainer. And man, is this is this going to be fun? I am totally here for heel Jericho in AEW. The era of the sports entertainer begins today. As he says, we got a really awful, awful Hager on the microphone. I can't imagine that guy guy ever touching a microphone again. (laughs) Oh man, is it bad? The point of him. The whole the whole promo is just incredible. It sounds like uh in the promo itself, like Jericho sounds like he's trying to be real shoot like and saying that Hager saved his life. So maybe he's trying to pay him back. Maybe there's something I just don't know. And uh and and Hager has actually saved Chris Jericho's life. Well is, H- is Hager so bad he's good though? Or no? <laughs> No, closest no. lisp. No, he's not. He's not. I was trying yeah. to. I was trying to spin it one. Yeah, people. No. People can argue that for Sean Spears, but I. I. I can't argue that for either of these men. <laughs> Let's jump over to the Fed. Let's jump over to WWE on Monday Night Raw this past week. I thought they put together probably their best episode in what felt like years. It started off with. Um, Kevin Owens with an amazing troll job dressed as stone cold, Steve Austin, the glass breaks and uh, 30 seconds in here comes KO dressed in cut off jean shorts and knee braces, a skull cap and everything. And KO moseys down to the ring and cuts a hell of a Steve Austin promo as Kevin o- or Kevin, uh, a Steve Austin promo, but in Kevin Owens style, it was it was friggin' amazing in the middle of the promo, it, the glass breaks again, the crowd eats it up a hundred percent again, thinking that actual stone cold is there and Owens with an, another amazing troll job. And it, it just really set the tone for the entire night for me. Not every second segment was a home run, but ultimately it felt like it was booked like an attitude era show where there were stories woven throughout specifically with, with Seth Rollins and Seth, in what he's doing now in this character build of this nothing to do uh, kind of way is, is really for me yeah, making a major impact. Dude, it's, um, it's, um, uh, we're going to talk more about it next week, but it's probably the, the second best story going into WrestleMania. Uh, it, it, and it's funny because a lot of people are, are throwing shade at him because this is, you know, the Cena storyline all right. over again with Undertaker and him trying to, you know, get him out of retirement or Not whatever really, the, though. the silliness was, but the crowd is, is chanting for Cody anytime that he's on the screen, they're in Chicago. So it's a real smarky crowd even to begin with. And, um, he even silences them at one point where they're chanting Cody and he goes, simmer down Chicago. Rumors are a lot of fun, but rumors don't make moments. And I live for <laughs> my <laughs> WrestleMania moment or something like that. And it was like eye opening that, Holy shit. He actually like mentioned it. He actually right. addressed it. Right. Um, he had a banger of a match with AJ styles. And then um, at the end of the night, he loses his cool. And at the end of it, he, loses by disqualification uh, after edge comes out and hits AJ with a chair, grabs a microphone and screams, this is bullshit. 
you know what next week monday night raw will not happen unless i get what i deserve unless i get my wrestlemania moment throws the microphone continues to scream dropping bullshit over and over and over again and uh starts tearing apart the set including the barricade the desk he tears the cover off off the ring post like seth is on fire in my personal opinion and it's insane the the pull that Cody has. And even in our pod foundation chat, Mike Belcaster from the turnbuckle tavern says he doesn't even remember the last time that he watched Monday night raw. And he's sitting here watching Monday night raw, just on the rumor that Cody Rhodes may be showing up live. So it's, it's really compelling to me. It's even myself. I'm normally somebody that doesn't watch raw on time or even close to on time. And the last two weeks, just with all these Cody rumors, I've been tuning in as early as I possibly can after the kids are in bed and it's and I'll fast forward through what I don't want to watch. And, you know, I was up to, up to speed and went to bed slightly after 11 and was, was happy with the outcome. So uh, pretty awesome. If you ask me. WrestleMania season always lures you in and with yep. the Cody rumors and the beginning, I tuned in for that. And I love the way with the Kevin Owens stuff that they let the camera work on the crowd oh, as yeah. the glass broke. Mm-hmm. And like the, the, the fans are like, yes, we're here for this moment. And like, <laughs> yeah. they're like high fiving and stuff. Like, Perfect. so they did a, <laughs> it was a good job. It was, they well done WWE. So I don't get to say that often for bras and stuff. So kudos to them. Yeah, it's it's been fun. And we'll uh, we'll spend some more time next week as we as we break down WrestleMania. But story number one of the week, we have a brand new women's champion in AEW mariachi band and all Thunder Rosa is your new women's champion. But before we talk about Thunder Rosa, I just want to give flowers to Britt Baker. She had one the title Memorial day weekend last year at the pay-per-view, which I believe was all out and then continued on almost a full year run. And uh, I felt like this is really the time that the women's division has been legitimized over at AEW. Sure. She's not the only one that has done that, but this title reign really separates themselves or separates itself from all of the other reigns on the women's side. And is really, you know, she deserves all the kudos that, uh, may or may not be coming her way. So Britt Baker had a hell of a first run and um, you know, these two ladies just seem to be perfect ringmates, perfect opponents for each other. And this, this cage match wasn't to the level of what the lights out match was one year ago at the St. Patrick's day slam, but this one was really, really awesome. And I loved the finish. I thought them you know, we're going to talk about blood again in AEW, <laughs> but there's there's more blood here. Both Brit and Thunder Rosa are busted open. JR even goes, it's a damn bloodbath. <laughs> but uh, a, a not a normal ref bump that we see in AEW. I don't even remember if we've seen a ref bump in the past. And if we have, it wasn't as impactful as what this one was. There was a nasty like chair fort, I think is what uh, Chad called it on Turnbuckle Tavern, a a chair fort in the corner that uh, Britt Baker takes a bump right onto the back uh, of like three levels of chairs. It was pretty nasty to see more thumbtacks come out and uh, man, we get Thunder Rosa walking out as our new champion. So story number one, we'll go to Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Hey, Nick, want to take us home? Excellent. So next week, 
We're covering all things WrestleMania, man. It's our go-home show before WrestleMania 38. Uh, we're going to be breaking down the card a little bit and uh, and talking all things WrestleMania. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Extra Cooler and on Twitter, Extra Cooler Show. Uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm super excited. If you guys need some uh, more Razor Ramon uh, Scott Hall tributes, be sure to check out anybody over at the Pod Foundation, Chick Foley Show, Turnbuckle Tavern, Coming Down the Aisle. Everybody paid tribute to uh, one of the greats and and did an amazing job. So cheers. Can't wait to talk WrestleMania 38 and uh, maybe we'll know what Seth's got in store. Cheers, fellas. Later. Yoko Zuna. <laughs> You're trying to tell me that Jimmy Cornette, Yoko Zuna, and Mr. Fuji Ladies agreed on him as a referee. That's exactly Nobody eats beefaroni on a boat, man. That's a problem. <laughs> right, so, uh, right, so, uh, what's in the cooler? Oh, <laughs> just blew my mind. <laughs> the rhino, the rhino's on ya. Extra credit. Support, 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 side, heat it. Extra credit.